So it's weird. I guess I, do I do I start with saying thanks for tuning into the scoop. I'm your host Frank Chaparro, editor at large at the Block. Doesn't feel the same looking into a camera doing it in front of someone. It's a bit strange, isn't it? This isn't your first rodeo though. Second time coming on the show. Thanks for doing it. That's right. Armani, how are you enjoying Breakpoint? Um, Breakpoint's been terrific as always. This year has been it's been a bit different. We mix it up here in Amsterdam. I still have some nostalgic uh, affinity for for Lisbon. Yeah, but, uh, Amsterdam's an amazing city, and it's always great to see everybody in the ecosystem once every year. And here we are, the day after the news heard all around the world. I was asleep when the verdict dropped, but it's it's funny. This no one has really been talking about the F word as much as I would have anticipated. People are actually building, it seems. But how do you feel like with that sort of obviously to an extent backpack was you know born out of are born in the midst of the meltdown of FTX. Now that we have a verdict, we have a guilty verdict on all seven counts. How does that, how does it make you feel? Honestly, I feel like the whole industry is just exhausted. I feel like, you know, Backpack was, was started in December of 2021 and so much work has just gone into it and along with the Solana ecosystem at large. And I feel like, there's so much, there's just so much collateral damage um, from so many uh, good people that I think people are just exhausted and just have their heads down building and honestly, or just want to turn the page. If you think about the, the, the essence of, of this new exchange, you're building a lot of, a lot of the, you know, the way the assets are custodied, the MPC, it's almost inspired by what went wrong with FTX. Is that was that part of the thinking? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was inspired certainly by the collapse of FTX, both on the engineering side, of course, but also on the you know, corporate governance side, the compliance side, all of the you know multifaceted things that that went wrong there. I think FTX was like an interesting example example where you see folks on Twitter talk about really you know they look back and think about what happened and. I think the most accurate description what happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's really co-opted. Um, I, I feel like co-opted, like he, FTX really co-opted the, uh, the crypto movement. I think um, you have these centralized institutions that don't really stand for any of the, you know, principles either at a moral level or at a technological level for a lot of, you know, what we're supposed to be doing here in crypto. Mm -hmm. Verify, don't trust these types of things. And whenever these types of collapses occur, it's always maybe a reminder to kind of reevaluate you know, what we're all doing and hold ourselves to a higher standard. The industry probably needs another exchange. Like I need a bullet in the head. What's going to be different? Why, wh where do you anticipate users coming from? Yeah. Yeah. What's the go to market strategy? Yeah. It's a really good question. So I think, you know, Anatoly gave this, you know, talk here at Breakpoint where he's describing Solana as a, a parallel financial system. And if we're going to live in this world where we have, you know, these parallel economies running, you know, the traditional finance world and, and the crypto economy, you need, it's really important to have institutions to bridge that gap. 
I think one of my favorite examples is a circle where you have, you know, an incredible company, you know, a high integrity institution that took a lot of the skills from traditional finance and was able to tokenize dollars and, and put it on chain. And they were really that connective tissue that was able to provide this product and USDC that was truly a, a 10x, you know, 100x improvement over, over the status quo. Mm. Stable coins are just extremely important. And so I think these, you know, institutions that can bridge the traditional finance world and the crypto economy and bring things on chain are extremely important. And if you take a look at the existing centralized exchange space, on the one hand, you might think, well, there's a lot of them and why do we need another one? But on the other hand, there's really not that many of them that are really taking a compliance first approach. It's still very much a the, the Wild West. And, you know, I think we very much see a big opportunity in the international market, not only in the context of, you know, building a next generation exchange that embraces a lot of the, you know, technological innovations that, you know, blockchains and crypto at large has brought to the world, but also an opportunity to embrace the Solana ecosystem and, and kind of be that, you know, that, that shepherd that bridges those two worlds. One trend that I'm noticing on the centralized exchange front, obviously, in the wake of FTX, firms are trying to be more transparent with proof of reserves. So you're seeing that. Also, trading firms are pushing, uh, I won't maybe name the name, but there's a big firm out there that rhymes with Chiminance. And they're really pushing them to onboard additional custodians, trading groups to sort of decrease. You like that one, right? That was good. To decrease sort of the um, the counterparty risk there. Because right now, the way it's set up is effectively, if you have your assets, if you're trading on Binance, your assets are custodied with Binance, similar with Coinbase as well, right? Um, they have their custodian. Trading firms want more diversification in the way their assets are custody. They don't want all their eggs in one basket, as it were. How are you maybe addressing those two components, right? Knowing that my money is there and then probably ensuring that it's safe from a counterparty risk perspective. Yeah, it's super important. So there's this, you know, meme floating around that we all need to separate execution from custody. Um, which is on the one hand, correct. That's how traditional finance works, but it's actually um, a very weird meme. It's a bit of a subtle point. It's a bit, l l let me unpack it. So when you separate execution from custody, there's a naive way of doing it, um, which is you simply, instead of having the, the, the exchange um, custodying the assets, you get an external custody provider. And so what you're really doing is you're trading off counterparty risk from one entity to another entity. Um, but that's actually not what you want because you still have a single point of failure in this new custodian. Sure, you might have different incentives and maybe a check and balance between the person that's um, or the entity that's <laughs> executing the, the computation and the entity that's actually holding the assets. But what you actually want is not to trade one counterparty for another. You actually want a more additive property. So this is actually what blockchains do, where you have multiple validators on the network that all execute the state and validate it's correct. And so this is how we've built our system. You could imagine, you know, if we are running an exchange together, I run one instance of the exchange, you run one instance of the exchange. And for every trade, every order, every cancel, every withdrawal, every deposit, not only do you have to accept it, but I have to accept it as well. So when we're talking about the separation of execution and custody, um, I think it's really important to have this 
um, this additive uh, security benefit rather than just simply trading off one for another. And obviously, you know, blockchains will scale that to you know thousands of nodes on, on the Solana network. I think in the context of centralized finance, it's a bit more challenging because there's a compliance piece. And so every single institution that's running those validators on the private blockchain, if you want to call it that, needs to have you know, that compliance piece figured out and hold themselves to that standard. And so we've built our system with this in mind from day one. And I think the end goal, um, the gold standard, I think in the industry is eventually what we, we, we would like to get to is have multiple different companies running these exchanges. And so we've built our system from day one to accommodate that. Sort of like a setup of, of um, having similar to stable coins, different players redeeming in a, in a sense. It's not just one single entity redeeming and creating or minting, but you have various players involved. I'm curious, most important thing, right, is liquidity. Traders want to be where there's liquidity. And even if you have a great platform, great UX, flow is king. If there's no flow, no one's going to go. So how do you get flow? Yeah, it's a great question. So, I mean, it's a two-sided marketplace, right? There's the supply side and the, and the demand side. And if you, you know, segment the market up into a bunch of, you know, different, you know, user personas, you know, on, on one side of the spectrum, you have very advanced traders, you have automated market makers, uh, you have, you know, the jumps and winter muse of the world. And on the other side of the spectrum, you have, you know, people that might be using a mobile app, might be using um, Solana as a, you know, um, application platform. And we are very much focused on, on the latter. We're really focused on the demand side of the marketplace. Because I think for us, we're a wallet first and foremost. And what we really care about are applications. We care about the developer ecosystem. We care about doing interesting things on chain. And the centralized exchange is really an auxiliary component. And if you think about, you know, something like Coinbase or, or Binance, you know, all of these centralized exchanges, backpack included, are not really all that useful in and of themselves. I'm sure you can trade on them, but without Bitcoin, without Ethereum, without Solana, then these you know institutions don't really serve a purpose. And so what we're really focused on is that wallet user experience. What we're really, really focused on is the Mad Labs NFT community. What we're really focused on is 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 the culture on chain and the vibrant kind of you know set of amazing things that are happening here, whether it's DeFi, NFTs, or you know anything new like gaming. How do you, yeah, and to an extent, how do you create a, a portal or an avenue by which people can enter the Solana ecosystem, right? Because there's all these different apps, different tools you can use, but they're not necessarily aggregated in one place, right? In the same way that Coinbase facilitates that for base to an extent. Yeah, I think this is one of the most challenging parts of the user experience at the moment. A story like I like to paint the picture of the user onboarding journey for people that are new to the industry. So something as simple as joining an NFT group chat. It's like, what are all of the steps to actually do that? Suppose I wanted to buy MadLad and get into the Discord with you know my my inside of the token gated channels. Well, the first thing that you have to do, of course, is most people on board via an exchange. That's how I bought my first Bitcoin. That's how I bought my first ETH. I, it was via a Coinbase account. So you go through an exchange. Well, first thing with an exchange is, well, you have to KYC. And, you know, maybe you get through the KYC process. Maybe there's a bug in the system. Maybe it goes to manual review because you entered a field into the form correctly. Um, 
let's maybe hope that you get through KYC. And then after that, well, you have to buy your gas token. You have to buy your first soul. It's like, okay, great. Well, do I do a limit order? What's a limit order? Do I do a market order? What's a market order? Maybe you go to you know, the swap interface or the buy and sell interface and you have these incre- like crazy co- amount of complexity inside of these a- exchange uh, user interfaces. But you know, suppose you get your next soul. Well, then the next step, of course, is, well, you need a wallet. So, you know, maybe if you're, um, uh, if you're lucky, you had a friend introduce you to Phantom or Backpack or Soulflare. Um, if you're using Coinbase, well, you have to go to the Coinbase wallet, which is a whole totally separate app, um, which is a whole nother conversation. But, you know, you have to get a new wallet. It's okay, great. You download the second app, you get the new wallet, then you have to bring that soul on chain. Well, what do you do when you want to bring it on chain? Of course, you send two transactions, right? The first transaction is you send a penny, you verify it was correct. And it's like, okay, hopefully it's correct. If it's not correct, then you're, you know, might rage quit at that point point. But, you know, then you do the second transaction with all of the money and that's just to get the soul in the wallet, but you're not done. Now you have to go to Magic Eden, you have to go to Tenthory, you have to go to an NFT marketplace, you have to find the NFT, you have to buy it, you have to connect the wallet, you have to approve it, uh, uh, prove the connection, then you have to buy now. And then once you buy it, eventually you have the NFT inside of your wallet. Great. But we're still not done. Apologies for this rant, but it's an incredible set of steps. Um, then you go to Discord. You can rant. This is a podcast. Pretend they're not here. Yeah. If you, if you, then you have to go to Discord, right? And maybe you have Discord installed and maybe you don't. You probably don't have Discord installed unless you're already a crypto degen or you're a gamer, but you install Discord and then, you know, maybe you, um, you, you see that you, you get through the, the intro in, into Discord. You, you prove you're not a bot. Then you, you know, you click on some emojis and you answer some questions to, you know, uh, get through the, the community rules. And eventually you get asked to connect your ledger. And how does that work? Well, you get forked out to another application. You go to Matrica and you connect your wallet to Matrica. You verify that you do indeed own the NFT, the Mad Lad or whatever. You know, you stop, you hold your breath, you pray that you don't get rugged when you sign that transaction. And then only then do you get allowed access into the token gated community. It's an incredible set of steps. And I think this is, you know, one of those challenges that if you can control every part of the stack and have this progressive user onboarding journey where I can just say, you know, go download Backpack, here's the app. Every single one of those steps can be done inside of the app. It provides a 10x user experience for onboarding people into the industry. And that is really what we're trying to do. What assets are creating or will be trading? Is it is it smart? Is it derivatives, stru- structured products, maybe like a credit default swap for Solana or something? Who knows? Yeah. So I think it's very much a phased approach where the first phase is all about spot. It's all about gas tokens. It's all about the wallet. It's all about getting people, um, no matter where you are in the world, to convert. What about leverage? I need my 100x. Yeah. I mean, I think there is a market for maybe not 100x, but for more sophisticated traders to, you know, trade on margin and, and trade derivatives. We're certainly not starting there. Um, again, you know, we're a, we're a wallet first and foremost. So what we really care about is that singular flow of converting fiat anywhere in the world to your favorite gas token to using dApps. That's really our... Um, that's really where we want to establish our core competency. I think derivatives are extremely important. I think that's where a lot of volume is. And I think we'll eventually get there, but we are very much focused on the wallet first and foremost. Talk me talk me through the Dubai registration. I think we're seeing a number of jurisdictions taking a very progressive approach to 
regulation and, you know, for the broader crypto industry, but specifically for centralized exchanges in the wake of FTX. And I think in Dubai, what we're seeing is a lot of desire to have a very progressive regulatory regime where we can, you know, bring, you know, a lot of the, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, Wild West kind of uh, cowboy running kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, uh, institutions into compliance. It, it brings you into compliance, but did you get set up in like one of those free zones where you don't right, have to pay yeah. tax and uh, people can kind of work there, um, get like a, not citizenship, but like a residency type deal? That's right. Yes. And uh, I think we're also seeing a lot of, you know, Solana push pretty hard in the region. Yeah. And, which I think is is great. I think they're being extremely progressive and having a set of clear to follow rules that I think a lot of the talent in the space really needs to be able to unleash their you know creativity, I think is extremely uh, important. Uh, and so, yeah, it's very exciting to me. And I think we'll be... Uh, is it robust? Like, was it actually hard to get set up or is it like, here's your certificate. Thank you for coming to Dubai. Are you asking in the context of the license or in the context of setting up? In the context of getting this license. I see. Yeah. So I think maybe a good example of this is um, if you take a look at all the crypto exchanges that have been trying to get this license, uh, Coinbase, Kraken, Binance, um, a, a lot of them have 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 struggled. And, and I, think, uh, I think Binance has not the full market license. They have the a license to serve accredited investors and um, institutions, but not the license to uh, serve retail. And so I think, you know, to answer your question, it is quite difficult. And I think uh, the bar is quite high. And we did a lot of work to explain um, our system. So we went to Dubai and gave a full rundown of the exchange architecture and uh, gave, you know, a full um, expose on, on exactly how we are you know, doing this. And I think one of the big advantages that we had is, you know, twofold. On the one hand, obviously, from the engineering and compliance point of view, I think our system is very sound. It's very comprehensive. I think we're lucky that we have a team that's been in the industry for a while and we kind of understand how to build these things. Uh, but on the other hand, we're a brand new financial institution. And so we can start from scratch from day one and be fully compliant and fully regulated and dot every I and cross every T. And I think as a um, as an exchange, that's actually counterintuitively an advantage when trying to get licensed because you can just do everything right from day one when the rules are now starting to evolve and, and be a bit more transparent. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that there's quite a big crypto presence there. Like Binance has hundreds of people, I think upwards of 500 people, Fireblocks as well. You have Deribit out there, um, an options exchange. You guys uh, kind of setting up shop as well. It's it's interesting. I don't want to get too much into Dubai, but um, it's interesting. It's very interesting. So let's talk about Solana since we're here at this conference that's about Solana. We think that might be appropriate. Um, what what sort of we a lot of the conversations I've had this week have been about sort of the the ebbs and flows of of this ecosystem how the narratives around it have changed, right? Um, from kind of coming online as this high frequency trading purpose-built blockchain to obviously last breakpoint, there were a lot of weird NFT people running around. They're not so much here at this event. 
Um, and then up last break point, right? People were flying home and learning of the meltdown of FTX. And this one, everyone's saying is, is a bit different, very builder focused kind of trite, but I kind of see it. I believe it. Um, what's your view of, of these shifts and, and what's the state of Solana as it were in your view? I think you're right that the, that the the shifts are kind of a function of market sentiment. It's a function of you know for you know better or worse token price. I think that obviously brings a lot of different types of people into the space. It's a function of the meta, if you want to use that word. Um, NFTs were certainly a, a big use case, um, a big breakout moment for the network, um, and I think you had to have been either crazy or had extremely high conviction in the engineering to have stayed in Solana over the past year. What we saw yeah. was basically a lot of people leave because they, they didn't have like a first principles analysis of why the network was important. It was breaking a lot. It was breaking a lot. But anybody that's built anything important or hard knows that things break when you, when you build things that have never been done before, you know, Websites go down, blockchains go down. When you're trying to do consensus out at the speed of light, it sounds so ridiculous. But if you go to the Bay Area and ask any engineer, they'll be like, yeah, of course it's going to go down. Um, have you, I don't know, you know if you use Coinbase or Robinhood or Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, all these sites as they're getting going in the first two years are constantly going down. Hmm. And that is just part of building really hard systems. And so I think it's a bit of a, um, it, it's a bit of, it's a bit of a meme, a meme. It's a, a bit of a, um, unfortunate consequence of having risen too quickly, but, you know, as an engineer, it's to be expected and certainly not something that should happen, you know, from now until the end of time. But, you know, it, it's in my view, excusable, and it's not a question of, does it go down? It's a question of, does the time between, between you know the network going down increase right it's like yeah planes went down as we were learning how to build planes uh you know buildings go down as we learn as uh, how to build buildings and now you know blockchains are going down as we learn how to build next generation blockchains and this is part of progress yeah as long as price go up that's fine good 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 money go up tech that's really it's really the most important thing walk us through <laughs> i'm just kidding I'm just kidding. Um, you know, if you think about Coinbase and being very connected to base, Bitfinex is very much, a, a, has an affinity for building around Bitcoin. What what type of things can you build? What type of tooling or, or infrastructure can you guys build out to support what's going on in Solana? Yeah, you're certainly seeing this with a bunch of centralized exchanges, whether it's Bybit and Mantle, Coinbase and Base you know, Binance and Binance Smart Chain, uh, you're certainly, you know, seeing these exchanges be these, um, I guess, auxiliary systems to enhance, you know, whether it's L2s or other L1s. I think certainly we view ourselves as, you know, um, part of the Solana ecosystem. I've been working on it, I guess, for the past three years now. So we certainly see an opportunity to, to help it grow. Um, I think one of the most pernicious things that has happened to the industry is this alignment meme. I'm not a fan of, of the whole concept of, of network alignment. Mm. Um, I'm a fan of, you know, 
technological honesty and, 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 and building, you know, open source software with great people, irrespective of where, you know, what network they're working on. And so I think, you know, Solana is certainly, I would call it, um, you know, a second home for me. Um, and we certainly want to build, you know, great tech for, for Solana. Uh, and, um, so I think to answer your question, you know, you, you can, you can certainly say that, uh, but it's by no means like a, a Solana only thing. And I, th- I think that would do Solana a disservice. Well said. Well, Armani, thanks so much for uh, joining the program. Really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank you. 